Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to dollarcollapse.com with John Rabino, your ringside seat for the global financial crisis. Hi, everybody. This is John Rubino from dollarcollapse.com. It is Monday, January 4th, 2016, and uh, the world has gotten off to an interesting start in the new year, beginning in China, where uh, some bad manufacturing numbers came out at the market open, and stocks there just tanked. They blew through two different circuit breakers, the second of which closed the market for the rest of the day. So China was down 7% and not trading anymore. As of the opening in the US and our stocks followed in the footsteps of China stocks and also tanked. So as this is being recorded, uh, the Dow is down about 400 points in the US and, and gold is up strongly. So you basically got a risk off trade going and whether it lasts or not, we'll see. Um, we'll, we'll talk more about why it might not in a minute. Uh, but besides China, there are other things going on that have the market spooked. And the biggest is in the Middle East, where Saudi Arabia, a U.S. ally, decided to inaugurate the new year by beheading 47 people, including a um, Shia cleric, in other words, uh, an Islamic priest in the um, branch of the religion that is right now in kind of a low-level civil war with the uh, Sunnis, who dominate Saudi Arabia. Well, the Iranians, who are Shia, didn't like that at all. And so um, a mob in Iran um, burned down the Saudi Arabian embassy over the weekend. Saudi Arabia responded by kicking out the Iranian diplomats in their country, and so did several of Saudi Arabia's allies. So now we've got the um, beginnings of what could be something a lot more serious in the Middle East, which is a hot civil war rather than a cold civil war between the Sunnis and the Shiites. And who knows where this goes from here. But right now, it's it's got everybody spooked because this affects the flow of oil and it affects um, the, the relationship between the U.S. and Russia, who have different dogs in this fight. And of course, Israel, who would end up being pulled into something like this if it really heats up. So, you know, we've got the potential for geopolitical instability on a scale that hasn't been seen since at least the Vietnam War and maybe since World War II. So put it all together and, and the world has gone risk off. In other words, the leveraged speculating community, which borrows lots of money and makes big bets on all kinds of things out there, has decided that the, the riskiest of those bets is no longer a good idea because the world seems to be spinning out of control. And so they're, they're pulling back and that, that's causing stock markets around the world to go down. And it's hitting junk bonds, of course. And presumably it's roiling the derivatives market, although that, that's something we won't know until after the fact because over-the-counter derivatives are very opaque. Nobody has to tell us what they're doing in those markets. And you only find out when, uh, when something blows up and somebody has to admit, oh yeah, our derivatives cost us a billion dollars this quarter. And we may no longer be viable. You know, that, that's what happened in 2008 with 
AIG, the world's biggest insurance company, and also Lehman Brothers and uh, Bear Stearns, those big derivatives players basically went bust. And they would have pulled down the rest of the global financial system had the government not intervened with trillions of dollars of loan guarantees to, to prop up AIG and keep the, uh, the system more or less intact. Well, we've got even more derivatives outstanding now than in the past. So this kind of volatility can easily lead to that kind of a crisis. And there, there's no way to know ahead of time because we don't know where these derivatives are. So anyhow, add it all up and you've got a very tempestuous morning. Will this turn into something bigger? That's the question that we've had to ask ourselves at the beginning of every mini crisis of the past five or six years. Since 2008, 2009, we've had a lot of market scares. And they usually take place when the U.S. Central Bank, when the Fed, is either tightening like now or at least tapering from their aggressive ease, like in the past. They, they call these little mini crises taper tantrums. When the market decides that it doesn't like the idea of less liquidity and people start selling their stocks and the market goes down, well, the central bank in, in the past has always responded to that with a promise of more easy money. So the question now is not whether they're going to do this, but when. In other words, are they going to stick with the uh, the tightening meme and maybe even raise interest rates again in January or February? Or are they going to reverse course immediately in the face of market turmoil and take back the, uh, the rate increase or at least promise no new rate increases for some fairly well-defined period? Uh, already, we're seeing other central banks ease aggressively. The, the Swedish central bank over the weekend promised to intervene immediately and aggressively if its currency starts to rise in value against the euro because they, they already are suffering from a too strong currency and they don't feel comfortable letting that continue. So the question becomes, at what point do the really big central banks, um, the European Central Bank, the Bank of Japan, the U.S. Fed, get on the same page and begin to ease aggressively in the face of this newest crisis? Uh, and there's no way to know. Um, already, the European Central Bank is easing fairly aggressively. The Bank of Japan is intervening in, in all the major markets there. They, they're the biggest buyer of stocks in the Japanese market. And so there's no reason to expect them to refrain from further ease if it comes down to it. So I think it really depends on what the stock markets of the world do in the next few days. In other words, if the rest of the week is, is down, but not down badly, then we're okay. But if there's another day like today, you know, the, the U.S. market is currently down 450 on the Dow. And if we have another couple of days like this, the central banks of the world are going to conclude that that the system is too fragile to survive necessarily um, an equities bear market. In other words, a 20% drop in the major equity indexes around the world might be systemically dangerous. And that's a, a testament to how crazy things have gotten, how much money we've borrowed, and how financially fragile the global economy is now that um, something as common as an equities bear market is now a systemic risk. But it is. I mean, if you look at the level of leverage virtually anywhere in the world, the Japanese government has to roll so much debt over that if its interest rate even goes up to the level of interest that the U.S. has to pay, it's bankrupt. Its interest costs will exceed its government tax revenue. And in Europe, you've already got uh, the possible dissolution of the Eurozone in prospect because uh, so many of the countries in the Eurozone can't function under a relatively strong currency regime. And um, you're seeing Spain and Portugal 
and still Greece, um, elect people who are not fans of the Eurozone, are definitely not fans of uh, current Eurozone immigration policies, and are absolutely not fans of austerity. So any kind of a financial crisis will probably push a lot of European countries over the edge and lead to a dissolution of the Eurozone, which would be financially catastrophic for a variety of reasons for the global economy. And so they can't allow that to happen. So for a variety of reasons, each major economic system in the world can't tolerate another financial crisis, not even a 20% drop in the average equity price. And so you'll see the central banks of the world intervene in a big way here pretty soon. And then the question becomes, how will the markets behave when confronted with something like this? Will they melt up as they have done the past five or 10 times since um, central banks have started intervening aggressively in the markets? Or will they recognize this kind of extreme policy coming from the government as a sign of weakness. In other words, the central banks wouldn't be doing these radical experimental things if they weren't very worried about the state of the economy. So seen that way, central bank intervention is a reason to sell not buy. In other words, a reason to take risk assets off the table, go to cash, and wait until things shake out. So if this time around, the markets interpret the coming central bank intervention in that way, then all bets are off. You know, there are no more tools left with which to manipulate the economy. And we will have to, well, first we'll have a meltdown, a global meltdown. And then we'll have to figure out how to recreate a global financial system on sustainable grounds. That's going to be a fascinating discussion, but it won't come until we have this big definitive crisis in which the um, the leveraged speculating community and everybody else overtly loses faith in the ability of central banks to immediately fix our problem. In the meantime, we're left with the question of what do we do with our money while all this stuff is going on? And that's not easy because the past as I said, five or 10 times that the Fed has intervened in a market crisis, it's turned everything around and uh, things went back up and, and uh, people who held on or bought the dips were rewarded for their faith in the powers that be. But one of these days, Fed intervention is going to fail. And if this is the time, then the last thing you want to be doing is buying the dips. And notice today that um, the gold and silver are up, especially gold, which means that while the stock market in general is falling apart, money's flowing into precious metals as a safe haven, as a place to hide out from all the uh, the turmoil. And I, I think in general, that's probably the right thing to do. And it will definitely be the right thing to do if this is it. Anyhow, we'll know soon enough. So on that note, see you next week. Thanks for listening to Dollar Collapse. For regular info and updates throughout the day, go to dollarcollapse.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.